Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. We are brought to you by Planet Eclipse, makers of the new CS1.5. It is a very sweet new marker that's out. It's based on the CS1 series, but it's a lot lighter, streamlined, uh, comes with an SF barrel, the carbon fiber barrel, and uh, it's cheaper. So you can find all that over at Planet Eclipse. Com. We are also brought to you by Midwest Clothing, who have all kinds of crazy sweet headbands, and uh, they also have pants, they have custom shirts they can make you. Head over to MidwestClothingLLC.com and type in the uh, promo code, t- capital T-P-O-P, and you can get uh, 20% off over at MidwestClothingLLC.com. We are also brought to you by Vantrition, the makers of the Paintball Reload, the Paintball Reload, and uh, some four-plate protein, all kind of awesome uh, supplements for all of your sporting needs. You can find over at Vantrition.com. If you type in capital T-P-O-P at checkout, you can get 15% off. So thank you to Vantrition. We are also sponsored and brought to you by Rosalife.com. They are the makers of the uh, you know, hundreds of custom jerseys, tank tops, pants. Uh, now I think they're making some uh, some padded head wraps out there. They have all kinds of cool stuff. Make sure you check them out at rosalife.com and uh, and have them hook you up with some sweet gear. And if you type in capital TPOP at checkout, you can get 19% off. So thank you to rosalife.com. We are also brought to you by Carbon Paintball. The makers of the base layer and the uh, the it's like a base layer bottom and a base layer top. If you go over to carbonpaintball.com, you can check it out. I wear the the bottoms and the tops. Uh, the padding in them is amazing. The compression is just right. It's not too tight. It's not too loose. It feels really great whenever you're playing. Um, you know, I can't say enough things about uh, about Carbon. It's it's an awesome product. And check them out over at CarbonPaintball.com. And if you type in capital T P O P at checkout, you can get 10% off. So thank you to all of our sponsors. This podcast is just kind of a little throw together that uh, Mark Schulte and I did. We wanted to talk about the Vegas event a little bit, wanted to talk about Dallas a little bit, and just kind of the whole vibe of paintball going in, uh, going into the next event. But, uh, but it was just a little sit-down chat. But I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you then. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh. What episode are we on? This will be, I think, 13. 13. I think it's 13. I was number three. Number three. Look at that. First guest, though. Kowinky Dink? Kowinky Dink. I think not. So we are uh, we're at our shop. It's kind of a slow day. Actually, today is kind of busy as far as phone calls go. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but the podcast needs to go on. It lives on. <laughs> And uh, and we were scheduled in shop to this whole week because we were kind of low staff, and I figured, what the hell, we'll uh, we'll put on a podcast for a little bit and talk about some paintball stuff. Sounds great. <laughs> so 
We got a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. There's there's a lot that I want to discuss, and and one of them is the Dallas event. Uh, I want to talk about Ten Man. I'd like to talk about Ten Man Champs. Ten Man hashtag. hashtag Ten Man Champs. Uh, I'd like to talk about kind of where we are and where I am where I am with uh, fitness now and working out, and you've helped me out a lot with that. Um, and just the paintball world in uh, in general, and you know maybe different teams and kind of how how you see it, uh, being a divisional player and coming up, and uh, what you're seeing as far as the league goes and as far as uh, other teams go. So, you know that's kind of the the, the base of where I want to go. This isn't going to really going to be that a normal podcast. This is more or less just kind of a throw together discussion. You know, try and uh, tr- you know try and get an idea of what's going on in the paintball world out there right now no structure we're just gonna no structure it's like truck talk but a little more formal a little more formal. i put on a nice shirt for you <laughs> yeah i i do like your shirt do you like it that's a nice shirt was that Vulcan? Vulcan paintball and who is who uh who are they sponsored by or who who sponsors you vulcan sponsors you which Vulcan's is as well yeah who do you play for cleveland imperial which is a division two x-ball team and how well let's get right into it so how'd you guys do in dallas i think we finished 13th we lost on sunday morning so it was tough not what we wanted but we'll practice hard and we'll get there so you didn't play in vegas correct no and neither did the team no right? the team did not either just yeah. i mean probably it was probably more of a financial thing than anything yeah. so for the sounds of it is just not you couldn't justify going with the cost and everything i mean look at the flights they were crazy yeah but you guys did go to dallas um so what do you think what was working and and what wasn't working uh on this field i don't know it was kind of a weird it was a weird field it seemed like it pl- it could play fast or it could play slow i mean it seemed like it was a lot of lockdown people taking those pocket bunkers and four guys in the pocket just sitting there shooting a lot of pain i know our guy going to the little wing on the snake side was mm-hmm. emptying his pack every game shooting up the snake side we've discovered a little later that we could go there and our teams were doubling up and one shooting dorito side and holding them short of the i think what it was stopping them at the d3 yeah holding the side up the middle we played up the middle a lot different teams look like they had different strategies they you know we went up the middle a lot other teams it seemed like they didn't go up the middle at all they just sat back in like four guys in that pocket and shot two in the back center and see there was a lot of pocket play on the pro field i feel late saturday and sunday because I feel like the scores were starting to become a lot lower and a lot closer. I, I felt like the Dorito side was the was the the quicker side, but I think that Snake side was it was hard because it was it, it could be so well contained. But I feel yeah. like if you could at least get a guy wide, get a guy to the snake, you could turn the field, you know, like that. And you know that's what we try to do against X Factor, which we were doing really well until you know little six man action. Yeah. <laughs> when oh, da- it's so frustrating. When in Dallas. When in Dallas. It was frustrating. It was frustrating. It was super frustrating. Because I feel like we were in that game. You know, and But then you get a penalty and then start so you lose that did you just they just immediately that's an automatic that point, point. That's a point. Then you start Throw it down yeah. the next point. So you might you might as well lose. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to think that way, but it's just when you're trying to gain momentum against a team like X Factor and something like that happens, it's really hard to come back from. Yeah. And, you know, especially with, you know, the day before we 
lost a, I think it was a three-point lead or a, even a four-point lead against Outlaws. And uh, losing to Uprising the way we did, getting Mercy. I mean, at that point, it was it was kind of downhill. Uh, just, you know, everybody's kind of charisma was gone. Yeah. And it was, it was, it sucks. It's sad to see. And, it, you know, it really kind of pisses me off because I've been in those, that position before and there's no reason to kind of, to put your head down and, you know, kick rocks along the way. You gotta, you gotta pick your head up and you have to tread through the mud. Um, but I don't know. It, it was, it was a very frustrating event, especially after the, uh, X Factor game. I'm trying to think of who we played before. We played Outlaws on Friday, and then who was our second game on Friday? I can't think. I don't remember. Didn't get to watch any of them because every person I knew that was at the event all played at one and three o'clock. The exact same time. Every yeah, yeah. it's awful. We were up, we were running around trying to find somebody to run pods, and up having to pay some guy to run pods for us because every yeah. all of our friends, everybody we knew there, same time slots well luckily Friday i Saturday. we found a, a few guys that helped us out and we were very grateful to find those because I, I think the pits are such an underrated part of a any paintball team oh yeah because i mean imagine having to go out there and play making sure a guy has to pick up pick up your own pods let's say you don't have a pit pick up your own pods go in clean yourself off and then uh the fill you know fill, fill the air fill, fill your loaders and fill your paint and you know it's at the pro level you just that's stuff that you you just don't think about and until you don't have it and it it's, yeah. sucks that we have to struggle to find people to do that but i mean it is what it is i guess but these other a lot of these other teams got the money they're bringing people with them they're bringing a whole staff with them to the event you guys are like, oh, well, they'll be here, or that guy will be here. He can come help. <laughs> we need to do it like a week before, just go out and say, hey, you know, we're going to be here. Who's going to be here? Hey, look, this is, these are our game yeah. times. Please show up and help. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you all the leftover paint. Yeah. We, I mean, it's a pit is a huge part of a, of a competitive paintball team. And doing it right. You know, having somebody oh, in yeah. the pot, somebody, you know, we had a nice when we had actually had help, like, Shout out to Mark Dusa, helping us out. <laughs> hashtag Mark know, Dusa. Hashtag Mark Dusa. It was great. You know, he he stands there, wipes your gun off, puts air in your gun, hands it back to you. As you're getting wiped off, people putting pods in your pack. You know, and it's a team effort too. It's more than just the crew. You know, the guys that aren't playing, they need to be involved with that too. So yeah, it needs to be a team effort. I mean, because there's there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it. Because I mean, the the pit guys can only do so much, but you also have to be. You know, I at least try not to be addict to any of those guys that are in there because they're literally they're helping you out they don't have to be there yeah. like they're they're helping you out and to like throw the gun in their face or to like i need i need this i need that i need this i need that i'd be like uh screw that you know i don't need yeah. this i go watch the game from the the sidelines i don't need to watch back here and feed you paint so i mean i'm definitely grateful for everybody that's helped us out yeah so we had a shitty tournament. You guys didn't have the greatest tournament, but we did have a really good time on Sunday playing a little ten man. We ten man. If you've never played it, ten man. Play if you're listening, man. shout out. Yeah. Hashtag ten man champs. <laughs> if you've never played ten man, you are missing out. I mean, the ideal goal is to not play ten man because you're playing on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. In I a perfect world, you don't want to play ten man, but if you do have to play ten man. Or have the opportunity to play ten man, play ten man because it's yeah. awesome. 
Yeah, the best of a worst case scenario is you don't make it to Sunday, and you win ten man. And that that's what we did. Or you make it to Sunday, and unfortunately lose by one in the Ocho Finals in your first game. Get upset. Get completely undressed. Back to the hotel. That's got to be. That's got to suck though. I mean, you guys were very first game, right? And then you text me. Yeah, played eight o'clock. And then you text me. You're like ten man at ten eighteen. And I was like, I totally even forgot. I spaced out, like wasn't even thinking about it. I'm back at the hotel, undressed, ready to like pack my stuff up and fly yeah. home. And like, okay, I'll come over there. And I even texted you. I was like, as long as they let me play, because you told me that before. You were like, well, you may not, can't guarantee playing time. Well, they were so blah, unsure. Blah, blah, blah. They were so unsure because they didn't know you. They yeah. didn't know you. They didn't know how you played. They didn't. I don't. I think I told them that you were. I was like, I'll come over there. Six nine. If they're gonna but... let me play. If they're gonna let me play, you're like, I'll make sure you play. So then I came over there and. Yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> the rest, the rest is in a gold medal. Yeah, Roger. The rest yeah. is you should you should have worn it. Yeah, check my Instagram to see. Dude, but it's it. honestly so much fun. It was it's cool too because I never got a chance to play competitive ten man. So yeah. I I got out right or I got in right as kind of ten man was going out the door. Seven man was kind of starting to take uh, take hold. X ball was starting to take hold. And I never really got to experience that whole ten man where you can go and you can shoot four five guys and it's a still a paintball game because yeah. there's still a lot of guys left and uh you know shout out to all the 10-man teams because it's it's a hell of a time yeah and everyone makes it fun too it's good like it's just good camaraderie you know everyone back there having a good time you know drinking yeah. some beers some people drinking a lot of beers drinking like, more than yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then stepping on a paintball field and then playing paintball like yeah. dude why is that guy shooting backwards <laughs> from the corner Oh, okay. I know. Well, we we discussed this one of, one of our teammates who I don't think I seen him shoot his gun once. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking the entire time. Every time I would turn back and look for someone to talk to from I was I'd be at the W and I'm looking back for who to communicate with and who's shooting and where they're shooting at trying to get an idea of what's going on and all I can see is the little head back there just <laughs> like a little turret taking a look just taking a look. It's so much fun, though, because I feel like you can do stuff like that. Like, obviously, you know, there's guys out there that are taking it serious. Like, I I was taking it – like, I wanted to win. I was definitely taking it serious. I was not losing. (laughs) I wanted to win. Don't get me wrong. But I the the whole mentality of the 10-man is just to have fun. Go out there. Have fun. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But I I don't think there was hardly any team there that after they lost – they were just they were throwing shit and they were like oh fuck yeah. this uh. like it was it was just they were still smiling on their faces. I mean, teams go one and seven. There was a team that went one and seven. You know, and they still had a good time. You know, they, I mean, you know, they did. It gets no fun getting shot off, blown off the field. Oh no! But it is what it is. You know, when you're playing, when you're gonna go out there and you're gonna play against rosters, what three rosters or four rosters had four pros playing on it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's well, it's it could be tough. It could be yeah. real tough. You got you got guys out there. They're out there. You know, a bunch of beginner and D D four ranked guys running around just trying to play the game and have a good time because it's fun. Yeah, but that's it's an open ten man. I was hoping to play SD aftermath because they won the first one in Vegas, right? I'm not sure. Because see, I, they were in, they were in at in they were they played D two and they were in. They made it to Sunday, uh, so they were probably playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why. Because I know uh, Skemp and Ninos played for them. Uh, Paxton, I think, was playing for them. Because we had like we had the Aftershock guys, and then you had uh, Fox 4, Dave and Painter, 
And who? And who <laughs> Dude, playing, I saw him bunker somebody. Or something yeah. He, I think he jumped. He, he like jumped over the fifty snake and bunkered somebody. I thought it was it was great. And he, they had a couple other pros playing with them from. I was taking notes. What Revo or some couple of guys from yeah. Revo were playing with them. I think Josh then, Pike was playing for him. Um, Thomas Mantoni, I think, was playing for him. Yeah. And then I think Painter's uh, Eddie Painter's kid. Mm-hmm. I think he's Ed Painter too, right? I think there's Dave Painter is the dad. Dave Painter, yeah, yeah. He's the Eddie, one Eddie Painter the is the, yeah. the, the the kid. And then uh, he's real active on oh, the man. I, he I, might, I don't know how old he is. It's all over PB Nation. Who? Uh, I th- I th- will think it's Dave, the Dave the, the owner. Mm, he used to own 187. I'd like to go out there. I hear a lot of good stuff about the field out there. Yeah. One of the places that Tashi went for her for an interview was right like right down the road. Yeah, like War, War, Worcester, Worcester. I don't know how they like pronounce it. Worcester, sure. Uh, they, they leave ours out of all their words up there. So, so we, <laughs> uh, ten man. We lost our first two games. We did. We, did, we had to dial it in. You we also did didn't get any warm up. You did. I, you guys I rolled in, made it, it there, was like the two minute drill, and literally had to throw my stuff on, and I stepped on the field, and took off. I. I I chroned my gun as I was walking on the field, and it got checked on the field. But I was like, it's crazy, dude. I don't – there's so much paint flying in the air, too, like off the break and getting to these spots. And it's there's so many more spots that you have to check off. And it, you can't really make the moves that you normally do. I just go. Because I've tried it before. I mean, I've tried to make those moves where I'm like, oh, okay, shoot a couple guys in and go. But there's three other guys that are Shooting watching me in the exact same lane. And just wait for little John to tell you to go, and you just go. Just trust him. <laughs> LJ. Mark, we need you at the wall, buddy. We, we need you at the wall, buddy. <laughs> go. <laughs> I just took off. Had faith in him. It's so good for you, though. You get up there, and you, you handle your business. You or know. when I got to the Alamo, the last point. For those of you who don't know, the Alamo was the sideways W on the Dorito side. That was fun. Man. Carl was going there on the break. I, okay. Yeah, like four – like four or five games, maybe I went there off the break, but or I would hold up, so I kind of kept it, you know, kept them guessing. Yeah, kept them on their toes. It was so much fun, dude. That field like felt it didn't feel thrown together, right? Like the how, Dorito side was awesome because it was like kind of open, but there you there was a lot to shoot at. Well, it felt like a little gym in the field where it had like primaries, secondaries, and yeah, all these things up. that all these bumps that you could do instead of. A whole bunch of just random bullshit bunkers in the way where it's just a cluster. This actually felt like, like a, a legit field. field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No pin. Why are there this many bunkers? On but they field? had, um, speaking about the field, they had uh, two wedges on the field. Now, did you hear that they are, because I, I haven't heard anything yet. They but said that the rumor is that be the new middle? was that's the tentative, potentially the center bunker for next year wall would be would go away and that would be used and think of all the different things you can do so with because that. it's versatile you can put it together you could you know and make one big triangle you, you know se- they had it separated turn you could turn it two different ways separated and then it's deep too it's like it was like six foot deep so it actually blocks some cross field shots and- see that's okay so here's the whole discussion too is like um does paintball need something more universal or, or more uniform in having a solid bunker on the field that stays the same all the time like okay so we always have a snake on the field but it always changes right 
Yeah. We always have a Dorito side, but it always, it always changes. And something very uniform that people always know that they can look and go, okay, that's a paintball field. I'm talking about like from a third person's view or, you know, outsider's view. They go up there and they see the W and they go, okay, oh, paintball field. Like it's very, you know, eye-catching. Is having those two wedges and how many different positions you can put them in, is that going to make it too different of – I mean, do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it change. I mean, I'd I like know. to see it, but it's we've always had like an X. We had yeah. an A. We had a W. Something very uniform that stayed in the same spot. But now with that, is it? They could put it wherever though, and they could they could use it. However, I don't know. I just I wish they would. I wish they would take some of the bunkers away and and make people gunfight more. Like it's too. I think. Yeah. It's, but then if you take bunkers out, it leaves these in you. Don't limit paint, which I'm sure we'll get to. They people will just stand there and spray their guns, and the the skill of gunfighting or playing the game is gone. Mm-hmm. They just stand there like a turret and just spray. Yeah, like, I, haven't, do that. I haven't talked to anybody yet uh, as far as Millennium goes, uh, like with the M500, which you were just yeah. mentioning. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to talk to Monville later in the week. Um, do you think that's do you think that's the direction? I mean, do you think it's going? Do you think the millennium is being successful with him? Yeah, I. I mean, I. We, we talked about the whole paint thing, though. Is how do you? We did the math on what was it like? You know, it was like half. If you shot, if your entire team shot all their paint, averaging six points an X ball match, you use you essentially still using like half the paint mm-hmm. than what? Because I know the Ralph boys in D two told me they shot one hundred and thirteen cases at. Dallas, right, and it was like sixty cases. I did the math on it. If you emptied your everybody emptied their pack for six points, and in all the way through, that would have been like eight matches they had to win to win Dallas. Right, still half the paint. So now, does the paint price come up? Does it double? Because the paint companies don't want you to shoot less paint. So who does it affect? I mean, it's got to affect people who are going to be buying the paint. It's not going to affect pro teams, right? No, you wouldn't think so. But what if the? I mean, the cost of paint's going to go up. It's I mean, it might affect to. practice paint. Because if you sell less, yeah, it's going to affect what well, affects the fields. Why would a field owner want you to be practicing M500? See, and I think that got us into the discussion of where, okay, what if uh, Team A is playing M500, but Team B, who is at the field to practice, isn't playing M500? Yeah. And now, do you raise your prices of paint because of Team A? But then now Team B is going to be pissed because they're shooting the same amount of paint, doing the same thing. Yeah. So it's like, where is that? That's kind of a gray area. What's because, going to happen? You know, if they, it's got to be uniform. You either play M500 or you don't, I think. It, throughout, like, here, the, throughout the ranks. Yeah. It would have to be, you have to play it everywhere here. You have to play it, all the leagues would have to play it. You know, all your big leagues, at least, like your regional stuff, like MSXL and different things like that, would mm-hmm. need to play. So it all it's all together. Yeah, exactly. And the leagues, too. Like I know, I saw there was a whole big stink about going back to the the race or the A or whatever for the Nashville MSXL, and mm-hmm. then it kind of got vetoed out. People were like, "Well, I don't want to play on a different bunker." Like me, I, paintball's paintball. Like, yeah, come on, it's a bunker. Well, look how fast we adapted to the W. Yeah, and people all the I people mean, that complain about the W are just people that won't adapt to it. I mean, yeah, it's a big bunker in the middle of the field, and. There's, there was collisions surrounding it. They put the little cakes in practice. Me and a dude ran each other over almost. Like I mean, it, that's it paintball, hit. though. It's, like, paintball is adaptation, yeah. right? It's it's adapting to the environment. 
That's why the fields change all the time. I'd love to see the layouts not be released, and then you have to learn, oh, 100%. learn the layout as you're playing prelims. Friday and Saturday, you got to learn the layout. And not only do you got to adapt to the layout, you got to adapt to the style of the people that you're playing. Let that creativity one, come out at the yeah, tournament. One team is going to push and try to slam out the field. on The next team might sit back, and that's their game plan, their style. They're going to sit yeah. back there and just shoot their guns, shoot their guns, shoot their guns. They probably can't gunfight worth a shit, but they're – They'll just sit there and just keep spraying, so you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's—I think that's what you know. Bruno and I talked about in the last podcast uh, was that exact thing. Was you know you'll have teams shooting tons and tons and tons of paint on a bounce shot, learning the bounce shot, and yeah. then on top of that, shooting tons and tons and tons of paint because it's not M five hundred. Yeah. So the direction of where we should go and where we are going, I can't say because. You know, I don't know where we should go. We've tried so many different things. I think it's just kind of a trial and error with everything. So now with the wedges coming into play, if that is if true, does, yeah. I mean, it's no, no. still, you know, I don't know the information and I don't have a fact checker sitting right here. But if it is true, it's just going to be another one of those things where, you know, here's this new thing. We hope it works. Yeah. But do you think that the W isn't working? I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it's a problem. Other than I feel like it's essentially, I'm I I am blessed with the fact that I can shoot people trying to run up to it off the break. Yeah. But if you don't have somebody who can shoot like me through the windows, you can go rep the middle. I mean, I'm tall. I go rep the middle, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. You get you get right you get right in the center. You get up there. And nobody shoots you. It's basically like given to you. Like I seen people post like it's a there's a red carpet to the W, and there pretty much is. You can get shot right. going there if you're not careful. But do you shrink it? Do you shrink it down? Yeah. And I think that's Thin the mentality. I think it, I think it'd be good, smaller, like in a triangle, maybe a little smaller. But I think the biggest thing is less bunkers on the field. And I like the limited paint myself. Think of the Dallas layout. And instead of standing in the back center and shooting the inside of the god, bouncing into that little wing, the whole point for mm-hmm. nine pods, ten pods, you couldn't do that. Hence, not there. You know, or you're there not wing, being any action. Shooting, on the shooting, shooting heads up, and you just roll off to the inside of the god when the guy puts you in and tries to bump. You don't have the paint to do. Just keep spraying it. Mm. If you got two paws on your back. See that? That's the one issue I think with M500. I think I would change. Would be M750. Yeah. M, I, I M3 think three pods. I think M3 pods would be best <laughs> with a loader full of paint. No changing. No giving anybody paint. No taking any paint on. Everybody goes out with three pods and a loader full of paint, and that's it. Can you swap paint Play. once the point starts? No swapping. Because, like, now... Well, oh, I okay, all right. Paint, that is different. Pod. Once the point starts, then it could be swapped. Cause, well, because once the point starts, it... I mean, it doesn't really matter after that. You can apparently swap guns during the middle of the point. Did you see that? I saw that. <laughs> Brindikoff? Yeah. So, okay, so he swapped... Technically, by the NXL rule book, he should have been eliminated when he was holding both guns at once. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know if was there a, an even transaction. Yeah, no, or it was what? like a, and then a pass off. We were discussing it when we remember Ooh. we were discussing it with the NF, the NXL ref that was on the ten man field. We were talking about putting LJ on my shoulders and shooting. If I could give him, two I didn't guns hear the whole turret. conversation. So I was gonna. We talked about this. <laughs> I was gonna. Long story short, Little John Parrish was gonna get on my shoulders and I was gonna put him in the window like a turret. 
and he was going to shoot. It was going to be. It was going to end up. It was going to be terrible. Yeah, that's why we didn't do it. And we were we were consulting the officials. One of the guys was actually an NXL ref that he was over on the ten man field. Yeah. About yeah. could I give him two guns? He said no because you can only have one marker at a time. But you also can't. A player can't like leave his marker. You have to take. It has to go with you. Like you can't leave it somewhere and just run with it out either. Right. Well, it's, yeah. The only thing you're allowed to leave is like Part a pod and a squeegee. Correct. And the the ruling was I couldn't give him two because he can't have two. He can't have two markers. And then was the question: If he got shot, am I eliminated? Well, yeah, I, I would assume so because you cannot touch. You're in contact when you. Yeah, yeah, when you're checking a guy out before he hits the buzzer, you can't physically turn him around. Yeah. So the rules. Of it would have been so. fun to see, though. It would have been great until he started getting shot at. You would have been. You would have had the bad end. Yeah. And then I dumped him on his head. <laughs> so yeah, I, well, Might not so going been. back to that the Russian Legion double gun thing. I, I saw it happen. Was he getting – was he attaining a gun that was working and then went to the snake and crawled all the way down the snake? Or was it – I mean, he would have to if he was the one going down the snake, right? I think he went and got – he had a – his the gun was down by the snake player. He went and got a back player's gun and ran back to the snake. There had – how many guys were alive? I don't know. On the other side. I just saw the highlight video. He got up, ran back, and he was like, and the guy in the back center was like, "You want my gun? Get out of here!" I'm pretty sure that's what he said in Russian. We were trying to translate. (laughs) Don't, (laughs) don't. (laughs) So, all right. So, uh, going back to going back to ten man, we ended up playing the um, the Winston's, the Washington Winston's, the Washington Winston's. Your your podcast. Adversary. Shout out to Mike Zapp, <laughs> <laughs> which is cool. I love I love seeing that guy every time we play Ten Man, rocking the the Drexel jersey. Yeah, um, there that there was, was an undershirt. There was kind of a controversial ending to that one, because um, I know I went to the uh, Alamo. Let's see the Al- yeah the Alamo the right fifty off the break. But then what happened? Which was tough and a half, and <laughs> and the reason I kind of played you that made a little it. Bit. Was because I shot Dorito side and all of their players were so scared to do anything. They were so scared. They were. (laughs) They were terrified. They were were flopping all over trying to get into the bunkers getting shot at. Anyway, I made made it. I made it there. Uh, And then the, the game was almost about halfway done. I started to make a move to the inside to try and break the cross because they had about, what, four guys left? I think they had four guys. There had to have been at least a snake, four. a snake corner, a Dorito corner, and Dorito that Dorito tower. tower. And a back center. And a back center? Okay, so they had five left. Yep. So I went up. Th- so they're all kind of spread out wide. I went to the middle to try and go to their wing to try and break that break that seal off. Uh, right when I did, they had filled snake and wasn't relayed on to the Dorito side. I got chopped up by Harrison Fry. In gotcha. snake one, <laughs> got me. Just Harrison got me. Waylaid you. But as soon as I did that, uh, there were some some guys from Uprising that were playing on the team, and I was kind of gunfighting with Logan Arnold, who was in the corner, the Drudo corner at the time when Logan I was in Arnold. the when I was in the fifty. Not Logan Arnold. Graham Arnold. Graham Arnold. Logan Arnold is whose jersey I was wearing. <laughs> Shout out. That's the, it. The scrambler. Graham Arnold. He's so my I teammate. Was, I was gunfighting with scrambler. him, um, 
He was in the Dorito and corner. The, and the Dorito Tower guy. His buddy was in the so tower. So he knew I was there. So when I went to the inside and they saw me walk off the field, I think they thought it he was, was like, it was clear game yeah. on that side. But right when that happened, you moved up to the Dorito side, or right into that 50. And That's Graham weird. tried to make a move down the Dorito side. You chopped him up. I looked snake side. As soon as you started kind of going to work on Dorito side, I looked snake side. I think it was Mike Kerr. Mike was in the W. He ran through Put to get Harrison. Harrison. Yep. And there was a controversial penalty that happened, saying that I think that Harrison got shot four. Which, from my perspective, was I thought the penalty was on the snake corner guy. So I sh- I shot the Dorito corner guy. Yeah. Immediately turned and shot the Dorito tower guy because they're like, oh, we got Carl. I'm taking off, and he took off right into my gun, and I shot him. And then I turned, shot the Dorito tower guy, then turned and shot the snake. Cor- thought I shot the snake corner guy uh-huh. sitting there looking inside. He went. I figured he went to the wire with hits on him and a ref called it that I thought that was the penalty that was getting pulled that was from my perspective from 110 feet away or whatever across the field yeah because I don't know exactly what the penalty was I'm not sure it, it wouldn't have mattered would it have no well I don't I think if you wouldn't have made that move down the Dorito side I, I don't think if I wouldn't have made that move up the center and oh. gotten shot and you were like bait. made everybody bait. <laughs> made everybody think they were that like, that oh, side was Carl's clear. gone. Easy mode. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag get out. <laughs> I think no. I think that really is what changed this when you you came into that that Alamo and you, you know what, you know what they didn't do. They didn't remember the Alamo. <laughs> they didn't. Oh my god, that was terrible. Should have. So that no, that was the epic. Uh, Red hair turned yellow. Epic ten man win. Yeah, and it was great. It was cool. It was cool. Like as I was walking off, I was watching it all unfold. It was really cool. It was nerve wracking. I never for a second thought we were gonna lose. Well, no, but any, you know, any close. They like, as they, I'm as I'm after they shot off, you, I bet they thought they were gonna win. I was, I was nervous as I was walking away because I saw a penalty. When I saw the penalty go, I thought we got the penalty at first. But I think that's just an aftershock reaction. Yeah, because it's seeing you. a red flag or a yellow flag. <laughs> At least we counted to ten every time. I was like, right. oh, oh my. God. The Winstons, on the other hand, they did get a, yeah. a twelve-man penalty. Was it twelve? Yeah. Mike was out there. He's got six fingers on each hand. <laughs> yep. He's ready to go. Oh man. Yeah, they started with twelve, and. Uh, yeah. Accident? Not an accident. Who knows? They were drinking a lot of Winston punch. They were. There's a lot of Winston punch going down. A lot of Winston punch. A lot of beer darts happening behind our beer darts. Yeah, crazy, crazy people. The boys at Drop Zone Paintball DZ All Stars. Shout out. (laughs) Todd Miner took one to dart to the hand. Trying. Oh my god. Trying to defend. You don't defend. No. But the thing is, so when you first start beer darts, you don't defend because it's. No. Fucking stupid to put your hand in front of a dart. But then you get. But as you play the drunk, game, you start becoming a little more defensive. Yeah. Li- liquid confidence in yeah. your beer dart defensibility. <laughs> like, He's like, Ugh. yeah, I heard gushing it. Gushing blood. I heard it, and I look back and I go, that's a lot of blood. And then I was thinking to myself, I'm like, that's a great way to get an infection. Oh yeah. And then I'm like, you know, if he's an amputee tomorrow, paintball field is a dirty. Shout out, dirty told place. you so. Dirty place. Yeah. So, have you ever been in the VIP at a PSP event or a PSP so. event? Yeah, at World NXL Cup. event. 
At World Cup, I felt like I wasted my money. Why is that? Because I went in it twice, and it was on the ends of the field, which was kind of goofy. Oh, that's right. So you're trying to watch somebody play. World Cup last year. Yeah. So you're trying to watch somebody play, let's say. And then it's, so it's step deck and on the end of the field. So every fourth point, they play in front of you. That's kind of, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't care for the perspective. You couldn't see the other team at all. Yeah, I'm glad that they don't do step deck for like. It was shade. I mean, course. That was one thing in Dallas. They needed that common area out where they had the where they have the DJ in the cornhole. Like, what is this? Come here to play paintball, and well, you have to make it like you have to appease the crowd, you know, somewhat. I mean, I get it because it's it's not it. You have to make some kind of attraction to the event or or having a good. It's gotta have high energy. Yeah, if you just have a trade show and it's just a bunch of people just standing there. And you're walking through, it's like But I think about that Dallas event. How many people how many people really came to that event that weren't playing in it or involved with it somehow? Like how many I'd be interested in to know. I don't know how you really track that number without like charging admission to people who aren't playing. But you know, I don't I don't feel like it's a lot. Like the the, I'm down at I'm down at Bucky's, coolest gas station ever. And ladies huge dude. Yeah. Like two hundred pumps was awesome. It's ridiculous. They sold everything in that place. And they Literally. Their, and they pay their cashiers 13 to $15 an hour to start. Really? It's a hell of a deal. Wow. Is yeah. there only one? I have no idea. I didn't ask. I should have. The fudge looked good. I didn't get yeah. any. Some good cold cuts. Expensive water, though. So we went down to Myers or Myers, like Walmart or whatever it was. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, we're down at Bucky's and he's like, talking, we're, like, we're here for a paintball tournament. She's like, oh, paintball? Where are you playing paintball at? I don't know, a half mile down the road where they set all the crap up? Like how did you like you didn't notice that? Did they have uh did they have signs up? No. It would have been neat to have see something down by the interstate or whatever, maybe directing people that way. That's another thing, man. Spare ten grand, five grand, whatever it is, to do some advertising. Yeah. Advertise. I think the NXL did a great job on scoring that Marriott as a host hotel. I know you didn't stay there, but we did. I didn't, but I saw the outside. It was pretty nice. It was fantastic. I mean, you know, it was a $99 a night, you know, to, st- to stay there. I mean, there was, it was tons of paintball teams were there. They had to have been full of paintball players. But it was right there, so convenient. For mm-hmm. 100 bucks a night, I'm not, it's, it's not worth staying. You, you're going to spend 90 and stay 10 minutes away? Yeah. Not worth it to me. I'm still trying to remember who we played second on Friday. I got nothing. You played Uprising first. No. Uprising mm-hmm. last. Not Uprising. Trade my gun. Trade first, my gun out lost. lost by one. Six, Houston five. Heat. Houston Heat. You probably lost. Which I one. watched that game and we were in that game. And then it and then we started doing something stupid, it didn't work, and then That wasn't the six. The six was against San Antonio. Yeah, and we were I think we were down one. I think we were down one point. One or two points. And we were starting like we were on the the way to come back, and then that happens, and it completely throws momentum off. And uh, and then uprising, yeah, it wasn't happening. And I, you know, I mean, so what do you think? You know, someone who's played sports uh, pretty much your entire life, right? Yeah, since I was three. What do you do in a situation like that where, you know, what's your what's your mental state when a team? isn't doing how it should be or uh in the in the morale's down like what do you do it's hard i mean you get you get depressed everybody wants to win if you're not going there to win you're you're doing it wrong like mm-hmm. you're wasting your time you're wasting your money you're wasting everybody else's money 
I guess the way I look at it. I don't know. I'm always like the positive person. I always try to yeah. stay up, keep everybody up. I I don't feel like I'm the down person ever. I mean, some people get more down than others, but I like to think like with Imperial, I like to think we do you know, a little bickering in the pits and whatnot. You're going to have that on any team. Yeah. But we try to keep it positive, try to keep it moving, you know, the, t- toward the ultimate goal, which is to win. Like, you know, yeah. we want to win. Like we went to Dallas. Like we wanted to win Dallas. We weren't didn't go to Dallas to take 13th place. Mm. If you're going there to, you know, did you, you didn't go there to take last place. Like, you know, whatever, like you want to win. Yeah. But well, I don't think anybody goes I there. I just stay, poli- stay positive. To get I think, last place. I think people go there though. Like I and probably more so world cup than anything. Cause it's like the, like a party, you know, yeah. more than anything. I think there are people that go to world cup because it's world cup, you know, but I go there. I, I'm not going there to party. I'm going there. I want, I'm going there to play paintball. Like this is like, we talked about it. It's kind of like, it's fun. It's not really a vacation. Like you're going there for a purpose, you know, more than just like it's more than just leisure. Like, I'm not going there just to hang out. So how did you how did you guys do as far as like or what did you guys do, um, like non playing time? Like did you guys spend time together at the field? Did you go back to the hotel and Went, spend, spend time together? We played prelims. We're at we're at one in, in the afternoon both days. Tried to sleep in a little bit. Got some. Got breakfast. You know, went out and got breakfast. Yeah. Got supplies, basically water, you know, whatever we need, get mm-hmm. everything situated and got over to the field, play some paintball, you know, get, go, get cleaned up, do a little discussion, went back, pick a place for dinner, went, had team dinner. Yeah. Had a team discussion at the end of the night and go to bed, do it again the next day. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, we had, we were kind of separated a little bit at the field. Like we were at the field, but it was, we were kind of somewhat separated. Like we were watching the teams who we are going to eventually play against. But some guys were here, some guys were there, some guys were over in the VIP pit, watching from there. And, you know, there's a lot of talk around the Aftershock camp of is, uh, are we not together enough? Even watching games, even though we're all watching the game, yeah. do we all need to be, be together. together and yeah. watch the game? Do I mean, we... it's a team It's a team sport. Like I think so, too. It's supposed to be, that's the way it's supposed to be. Look at it. Like, for me, growing up in hockey – it was I played travel hockey, double A's, triple A's. Like it was out of Detroit. Like we would go, we'd go places. Everything was always as a team. It was always done as a team. Like you, we we go to a tournament. We'd stay in the hotels together as a team. We'd stay, we'd go to lunch as a team. Go to dinner as a team. Travel as a team. Like everything was team oriented. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you you know you in a in a any sort of team game, that's where you build those like that bond and that connection to to play. You know, and then as you got, if you're always playing with different rosters. You could you run into problems like that's yeah. for a long time. Example: Toledo Walleye, they always had a different roster. They'd be during the season. Be, this guy'd leave. This guy'd come. That guy'd leave. This guy'd come. They, you know, because all the good players get picked out and all the crappy players get sent back. Mm-hmm. And they would never play with like kind of a set roster. Well, the last couple of years they've kind of like had a good, pretty stagnant roster, and and they're good players for that level, that caliber of hockey. And they're doing good. I think that's what needs to happen as far as. At least with aftershock, I think is everybody needs to stick together. Yeah, stay on the team. Stay make it a couple seasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, believe in the system. Don't because people don't. That's the problem. Don't, yeah, don't stand up and want to change this and do that and this. Dude, everything has been tried. Everything has been tried. Like, I love what Bruno said in his podcast about how you get too many people on a team who want to be the superstar, and if you're either the superstar or you're a role player. If you're a role player, do your role. And that's it. Let the, if you do your role, the superstar will do his. Think about the guys that play 
the 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 sideshow guys that play with the like the LeBron James guys and the and Sidney Crosby. I hate Sidney Crosby, but we'll we'll use him as an example or Alexander Ovechkin or any mm-hmm. of these high end guys. I pay attention to hockey, but like think of all the the support guys that go with him that he's you know assisting or whatever. There's and they can be the guys scoring the goals. You yeah. don't care. Look at Wayne Gretzky, you know two to one assist to goals in his life. Like you don't need to score the goals. Yeah, if he sets them up. That's the thing, and if you you if you have a, if you're a support role on the team, be that support role. Don't try to be the superstar because yeah. if you're supporting and supporting the team the way your role is, I got the mic. The way your role is, you know is defined and what you're supposed to do, and you're doing what you're supposed to do, that lets other people be able to do what they're supposed to do yeah. and get the job done. Well, everybody, you know, everybody on the team is a role. Everybody has yeah. a role. Everybody has a job, and you know. Being a superstar, you know, isn't necessarily a must, but it's like each player will have their superstar moments Absolutely. that will emerge yeah. in a game, in a tournament, in a point, or whatever. But you have to go out there knowing that you have to do your role and be your role, and then that guy next to you has to do the same thing, the guy next to him has to do the same thing, and just trust each other, man. It's got to come together. It's got to be five guys five guys all doing their job because you can be the guy who think he's the biggest badass has the best snapshot does this but if you don't trust in your team and you think you can do it better than anybody else and you think you can coach the team on top of that it's not gonna work it's just not gonna work a prime example would be you could take the best pro player and put him on a d4 x ball a mediocre d4 x ball roster it's not gonna go anywhere Mm -hmm. like yeah he can run the snake off the break and maybe shoot some people but if is is he going? Is he going to shoot the, all five guys every time and win the game? Yeah. Well, no, but yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You just get shot on the break. I just ah! yeah, I just get shot on the break. Break your finger off sliding. So uh, next event that's coming up, Atlantic City. Atlantic City. I'm excited for that. What? Uh, that's what in a little over a month. A couple June months. Twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. yeah. It was seven. What seven weeks out? It's like five weeks out now. Yeah. Five weeks after this weekend, I'm pretty excited for it. Second weekend, good. second weekend in June is a layout weekend. Mm-hmm. So, and then the the next weekend is Father's Day, and I have I unfortunately have a baptism and a obligation at the fire department, so I'm not going to get to practice the weekend before the event. But yeah, hopefully get a good practice in the first weekend on the layout. Obligations. Yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, there's another thing. It's like I don't. I would like to not see the layout until the event. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be cool. I think it should just change, just change it up right mid-season. Like just be like, oh, yeah, we're not releasing the layout. I mean, that kind of happens sometimes. They like to change things up right at the end, or right in the middle of the season. Wouldn't bother me any. No. So in uh, in tech news, the Planet Eclipse CS. 1.5. 1.5. I saw that. I think it's kind of nifty. It looks cool. I mean, I don't shoot one because I shoot an LVR, but I, 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 I like the concept of what they're trying to do. You know, it's if you make a quality marker and with a with a quality barrel system and make it halfway decently, you know, uh, affordable. Fifteen hundred dollars, though. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, and it just I mean, kills that's, the. That's everything, though. I mean, look at yeah. look at pants, dude. 
Look at pants. Look just at talking about it. Like think about it. you're trying to put a team package together. It's like what pants, jersey, pack, base layer or something. And like then a marker on top of that. Seven hundred bucks. Eight hundred yeah. bucks. Well, it's just for gear. That's before you even touch travel expenses. Gear. Yeah. On top of that. Then well, you think about the market too. They come out with this CS 1.5. They drop it, and now you know all the comments were like, "Yay, six hundred dollars CS ones," because that's what it'll be. The old ones will be. But I mean, that's how it is across the board with anything out there. Oh, with yeah. cars, with you know, look at the look, look at, at the too. You they they're like sixteen hundred dollars retail or something, but you go on PB Nation and you can't sell one for eight hundred dollars. So who's to blame for that though? Is it because the companies are coming out with a market releasing them too, too often? soon? Or is it because, you know, Joe Blow Mexico, whatever, you know, just bought one last year with his mom's credit card, and And now the new one comes out, and he goes, oh, well, I'm going to make this a quick, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm going to sell this for 600 bucks, even though I bought it last year for 1750. That's what happens. And they don't care. They just sell it. Mom's credit card bought it. They don't care. They just sell it. They want the cash in their PayPal so they can use mom's credit card to pay the balance on the next one. And that's what they do. And there's the gun, and then the market's just downhill. And, I mean, it is what it is. I don't care. It's 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 not like it really matters, but I'm glad I sold my CS1 before the before the 1.5 was announced. So do you think that the market right now, is, it, is there a good balance between entry-level markers and high-end markers and, then, and that in-between uh, build-up stage? Do you think those in-between markers are – are I think they're definitely is there viable. enough out there? Yeah, like I mean, you look at guns like the Shocker, or RSX, or the G Tech, and then they had the one they have the one sixty Rs. Like I mean, those are tournament guns. markers. Yeah, and they're and they're they shoot good. Like there's nothing you know. Like Die has the the Rise series guns, and you can get them in different like some different levels. And then you go down to like the GOG Enemy, which is a mechanical. It's like one hundred fifty dollars or something. Just mm-hmm. a plain, simple mechanical. Just shoots paint. That's all, you know, and I, I feel like that, that market seg, that segment of the market is almost like kind of like phased out. Everybody, you know, we were talking about this back in the day when the guy had, somebody had a, like an 2000 angel, like they were like with angel air straight mm-hmm. saucer in it. Like they were sweet, <laughs> but you know, nowadays everybody has, nobody's like, Oh, look at that guy. He's got this sweet gun. Like mm-hmm. people appreciate like an, ano, like an anno job. Yeah, they don't appreciate the gun. It doesn't matter, you know. It's not like going down. Like I go down to the local trap club, and one guy's sitting there. He's shooting a three hundred dollar Stoger, and the other guy's got a thirty thousand dollar Parazzi. And you look at it, and you're like, oh, that's Parazzi. Like, that's cool. Like you see that. Like it's neat. Like you recognize it. And they look about the same for to like the someone who doesn't know. Do you think any of those? I mean, do you, do you think that's how it is with with the high end markers? Is that they all kind of? I feel like everybody like nowadays everybody has a high end marker. Like it's so the only part that gets appreciated or like noticed is not well that guy's got whatever or that guy's got whatever. It's how custom it's, you can make it. Ooh, that guy has a aesthetic anodized LVR one of one, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes guns unique and interesting now. And is not like it's it was I remember like when I first started playing, it was like you saw somebody had an angel, like that was like the rare gun. Like it was cool to see around the woods ball field. Even know? basic colors. Yeah. This is like red. Well so and I think that's blue. why Planet and Die kinda of went the went this the way of 
you know, starting to do graphics on. People want them unique. Yeah. They want them to, and then, and then, you know, you see these people like me, I'm one of the people I, I really don't care. Like I like, like die has a new splash M2 out that there's all like limited. I want it. Like it's, it's really cool looking, but at the same time, like black M2 shoots paint too mm-hmm. for me. So it's one of those things, but then you see these people who, I mean, it's like color-coded grips. They match the loader. They match the tank. You know, now Ninja will sell you a tank in any color you want. You know, it'll have an American flag or look like a piece of wood or plain black. It all holds air the same. Mm -hmm. That's like, I'm not a... Hashtag race (sighs) tank cover. Yeah. I wish they still made those. I got an old Punisher's PV one. It's pretty sweet. I can't do I can't do the tank without a tank cover. I have to have a tank cover. Even tape. I, don't I can't, know I can't do, do tape. I don't know what it is. Some people like, use that little exalt thing. They just like See that for me is like and that's just a personal opinion. For me it's too sticky. Like it'll catch my jersey yeah. whenever I'm switching. So actually And the, the neoprene is actually just the right amount. The new the new Vulcan tank cover that I have, I I've been using I've been I used for a couple of practices and using Dallas, it's it is literally just a tank cover. Like some of them ha- will have like on the butt have like an extra like grippy kind of piece. Where mm-hmm. this has nothing. It's just stitched around. It's just all the same material all the way around, and it's perfect. I love it. It's like just just right. Like when you transfer, it doesn't stick to the jersey. But yeah. I like I like that little bit of stickiness with the uh, the neoprene rubber on the back. That's what I like. Our new jerseys and pants, Vulcan paintball, Phantom Agility. They're awesome. So so comfortable to play, and it was a great test for me. Like I wasn't sure how how they were gonna fit me, how I was gonna feel. I trade changed my pants. I had to get different pants from like the cuffed like jogger style to a standard cut, but mm. just so nice to play in in the heat and just everything's so much lighter and thinner now. There's nothing. There's nothing to them. It yeah. was like playing in like a thin pair of really thin pair of pants. I've never played in anything like it. And so where's that? It's really enjoyable. So when somebody's coming out and they're they're looking at something like that or. The Planet Eclipse pants, or the Carbon pants, or they're the GI light. pants. Yeah. So they're all super light. Yeah. Like they're all, uh, they're all made to not retain any kind of sweat, water, and which happens anyway because it's so you know that's paintball. But do you, as a player coming to the sport, do you go for something like that? Because I mean, I honestly I was surprised because when I first tried on the GI pants, I was like, I'm gonna rip these. I'm I'm just gonna rip them. A hundred percent, I'm gonna rip them. I think the entire time I've worn them, I've only ripped one pair, yeah. and that was at I think at Badlands, and I I hit like a sharp rock or something like that, and it and actually cut they're gonna the test seam them. They're gonna design them. To, you know, they got to be able to withstand. If they don't, if you're paying that kind of money for apparel and it doesn't withstand the abuse you're gonna put it through, people aren't gonna buy it. Well, and that's the thing. And you're looking at all the you're looking at the seams of planted and carbon and all, and you're looking at all these, and there's really there's a lot of attention that goes into these products that I, that I think people don't take, you know, they, they take it for granted is that there's a lot of time and thought that goes into this stuff because you are beating and, and abusing it yeah. all the time. It's like the markers, the markers have to, the, the biggest thing is now when you think we shoot 10 and a half balls a second, it's, it's easy. Same with the loader loader doesn't need to feed. No. 30 balls a second, 50 balls a second. It needs to do it. It needs to be soft and feed reliably. Mm-hmm. That's all it needs to do. Ten and a half balls a second. You can about shake and bake that. Yeah. When you think about it. <laughs> that's uh, that's mechanical ten. Yeah. Rock and cock. 
Yeah, I mean, that's and that's a cool part, like, watching throughout the years, like, seeing the gear kind of take a turn, too, of going less protection and more yeah. lightweight. Yeah. Um, more, like, dry fit stuff now. Like, with, uh, for me, it's the carbon, the, the dry fit, the base layer that I'm, that I'm wearing. It's like, it's all starting to kind of go to that more slimmer kind of, I mean, look at uh, Uprisings. I forget, is it? PB rack or who makes I don't know who makes their uh, mm-hmm. their pants but they actually have the pant that goes and cuffs at the knee yeah and, it's just and like then it's like thin. the sleeve that goes down to their ankle See, I wouldn't like that like that's and we had so Valken in the Phantom Agility series you would are, look kind of silly in those they pants. offer like a jogger which has got a the cuffed leg and then this I have the standard cut which is like is a standard pant like mm-hmm. a pair of jeans and you know for me that's the that's what I have to have I didn't I, I don't like the like that tight around my leg. It's just personal preference, though, I think. I mean, right. just comes down to what you like. And you never know. I mean, might try them on and, and enjoy them. But you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know until you, until you try them. Luckily um, for us, you know, we Falcon had, had their boot there. We got the pants. I put the joggers on. I'm like, I can't wear these. <laughs> we took them back, got, a new, got the other pair. Yeah. You yeah. know, they take care of us. So it's, you know, it's a good relationship. So... Atlantic City coming up um, to the old airport. I wanted, to, I wanted to talk a little bit too about um, uh, kind of about fitness and yeah. kind of what we've been doing. And I've been now going to the gym on a relatively regular basis. <laughs> uh, You're three for three this week with Mark. And you know, I've I've really felt. I told him today this morning. Oops, I told him today this morning that um that i really felt kind of and in, in, i thought that i saw a difference already in uh in just like my posture and the kind of way that i'm doing just things feel better i feel better and it's it's people don't believe me but it's the morning thing even if you're not a morning person getting up and going to the gym and we're going morning, early i get up i meet carl at the gym 5 15 in the morning and we work out for about an hour and 15 minutes hour and 20 minutes depending on the day and we come to work, and you feel you feel good. I mean, yeah, at ten o'clock at night, you're tired, but your day is better mm-hmm. when you start it off in the morning. Sometimes I fit in a, like a little five to ten minute power nap. Yeah, like I kind of kind of start feeling it, and then instead of hitting coffee, I just do a quick little power nap, and I'm like, boom, right back in it, ready to go. But I've been feeling good, man. I've been feeling really good. I, you know, I I haven't been able to. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to play paintball this weekend. But uh, I'm like getting excited to to kind of go out and and test this new body that I'm feeling transform. That's gonna be good. Yeah, a lot of core work. A lot good. of core work, which is a lot That'd of what pa- snap shooting and paintball is. A lot That's of core work. It's the core. That's it. Should be the core. It, it, I'm not saying it should be like the core of your workout. No pun yeah. intended. But I feel like too many people do not incorporate it into every workout. And I try to incorporate even even if it's doing a hundred sit-ups, mm-hmm. which we try to incorporate it every single workout. Yeah, you know we target different different isolate different muscles muscle groups, and then but always make sure you get core in there. And you got to think too, you're getting a lot of core in a bunch of those exercises that we do we do on the different days. You're getting core involved with them. Yeah, you know, I mean, think about today doing shoulder press. You have core involved sta- stabilizing you as you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and how that ties into paintball, I think, is because I think it's now becoming a very uh, much more athletic based sport, mm-hmm. um, 
instead of just a bunch of guys with paintball guns walking on the field. And, you know, and, and I, I think that, I think that's a good direction. You know, it's like all you see all these other sports. It's not, paintball isn't bowling. I mean, don't get me wrong. It also has those characteristics where it's like anybody can play, right? Yeah. Anybody can play the sport. Um, we invite anyone to play the sport. But at the same time, and I'm sure at any level, or at the, at the professional level, you need to be athletic and be, you know, with it. Being you know, athletic mentally with never it. hurts. No. But there are definitely people who are more athletic than others. But you can be more athletic but less talented at the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I can think of, you know, like instances like I, I play a lot of competitive volleyball. There are plenty of people I can think of that are tall and athletic. They're terrible at volleyball. Yeah. Because they're not coordinated. And they, you can be as athletic as you want, but how are you as like are you agile on the court? Like, can you take like a, like a three step and get to the sideline and get up and block as a set's flying out there? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that can't put two and two together. They can't react to it. Yeah. You know, they they might be the most athletic person that would win in the CrossFit games or some <laughs> crap like that. But yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, not not going to be a paintball player. You know. So. What uh, we should probably wrap this up and get back to work. Make sure we got no more emails or anything like that. But um, we will uh, try and get out. Well, at least I want to try and get out and play paintball sometime real soon before the actual practices start. Make sure whoever's listening, get out and play some paintball. Every um, weekend. But uh, you can. Yeah. Support your local field. Let's get back to work. We can do that. Let's do it. You're gonna do the. You gonna sing us out or? <laughs> do, 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 do. Playing on the playing on playing on podcast. Mark and I plan on doing more of these throughout the year. Uh, I work with a guy every day, and all we do is talk uh, talk paintball or while we're working. So, um, you know, what better than to put it on a podcast? So we plan on doing these throughout the year. Uh, you know, just talking about each event, and uh, you know, through his eyes and his experience, and then through my eyes. And uh, kind of explain, you know, the event to people who uh, weren't able to make it, and kind of where we were at the event and and the events that occurred. But uh, but thank you to Planet Eclipse for uh, for sponsoring the podcast. You can find them over at planeteclipse.com. A uh, also a big thank you to MidwestClothingLLC.com, Vantrition.com, Razalife.com, and as well as CarbonPaintball.com. Hey, I really, really am appreciative of everybody that listens. Uh, you know, it's if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be doing this. You know, I, I want to take paintball storytelling to the next level, and I uh, figured what better way than, uh, than to do a podcast. But also make sure you guys go over to the social media websites. Uh, you can find The Playing On Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram. Just type that, The Playing On Podcast. Uh, myself, I'm on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, Carl Microwave Markowski and on Instagram C Mark Kizzle. Uh, I will be having a website launch here soon, theplayingonpodcast.com, and uh, and yeah, I really just hope to uh, to spread you know the stories around of all the uh, all the pros and really of anybody. You know, it doesn't have to be pro. It can be you know somebody in the industry or a divisional player or you know you know you know anybody because everybody has a different story and that is why I'm here I want to tell all of these uh, people's paintball stories so um, thank you guys again for listening and I will have new episodes out soon I really appreciate y'all thanks take care